For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I'm Mike Stelzner. Today, my co-host is Kimberly Reynolds. This is the show for people just like you marketers who want to be on the edge, the leading edge where, you know, you're well protected because of this show, the leading edge of social media. We cover what just happened. The storms in the jungle of social media keep coming. We're here to be your guide. We cover what happened this week. By the way, this show is made possible due to our exclusive sponsor, Social Media Marketing World 2018. As of this recording, today is the last day ever to get the best deal on a virtual ticket to this event. What that means is if you cannot travel or you cannot afford to get this event, but you want all the amazing content from the hundreds of speakers, this is your chance. Visit smmw18.com, smmw18.com. It's extremely affordable. Today is the last day. Do not delay. <coughs> Excuse me. On today's show, we're going to be joined by Jeff C. and we're going to explore Instagram polls. And Steve Dotto will be joining us in the second segment to talk about changes that marketers are going to care about when it comes to YouTube video cards. We're also going to look at all the brand new Google technology that came out literally this week. And we've got lots of other breaking news. If you're watching this show live, please share it. Let the world know how important this show is to you and to your job. And with that, we're going to go ahead and bring up our screen sharing and we're going to bring on our very first guest. He is none other than Jeff C. Jeff, welcome to the show. What is the news with Instagram? Yeah, well, there's some really cool stuff that's going on right now with Instagram and there's a lot of news. But the biggest thing right now, which we're showing on the screen is these new poll stickers. And this is a new feature with the new uh, version of Instagram. So it's if you want, if you don't have them yet, make sure you go update it in your uh, Google Play or the iOS uh, App Store. And what you do is after you take a pic, a, a photo or video, you can add this poll sticker. And you know it's located right where the rest of the stickers are, like where the location ones are. The Wait, hold on a second, time. Jeff. Let's back, let's back up for yeah. a second, okay? Because sure. you're going a little fast. So first of all, this is for Instagram Stories only, right? Correct. And yep. um. Uh, so before we talk about how to use it and where it is and all that stuff, what right. in the world, why would anybody want to pull? Well, it's, it's a great thing from, you can ask any question you want. So you're able to ask a question with this sticker and then you can actually change the response. It doesn't have to be just a yes or a no. Like you see on the screen right here, it, uh, she's has uh, donuts and she goes plain or sprinkles. So I did a test and you actually have, 22 characters to use for each of those poll choices. So huh. that's how how what you can change it to. So you can be very creative with these stickers and ask questions to your audience, which as marketers is really, really cool. Now, there's only one of two choices, right? It's like A or B, right? You can't have A, right. B, C, D, that kind of thing. 
Okay, so we're looking at a picture here of a woman eating a donut, and it says plain or sprinkles. Um, We've got some more screenshots, right? So this is uh, a story that we created for National Taco Day. Um, It was a video that we made, and then I asked the question, what is the best type of taco? And during, and people can vote by just clicking on that sticker button, and they're able to see the results as well, What, where it is in that point of time, how people are voting. So when this screenshot was taken, 47 people uh, preferred crunchy tacos, and 53% uh, wanted soft. So you can ask these questions. People can see this in real time, where how people are voting. So it's very, very cool. If they go back and watch the story again later, they will get the updated results. So it's kind of a real-time thing that's going on. Um, and so it's really, really cool. So you can ask questions, you know, um, you, it's just your your creativity is what your only limitation with it. So while Kim goes ahead and pulls up the next tab, why don't you tell people how they can actually create these? Sure. So you t- to take a, a photo or a video, just like you do with a regular story. Then you go to the t- in the iOS is on the top right. You can click on your stickers and it's it's right there. It says poll and it's with all the other stickers that you have on that first screen. So you just select that and you can drag it onto your story, place it anywhere, rotate it, whatever you want to do. The cool thing now with this new update for iOS users is you're able actually to center your stickers. They have these guides that snap into place, uh, kind of like Photoshop, actually, that where you can kind of center it and get it looking really, really nice. So it's super simple to use. And then you can just go and edit the question and then you can edit you, you know, what responses that you're trying to get. Talk about the the dropper feature. You know what I'm talking about where you can yeah, sample yeah. colors? Yeah, so- yeah. It, it, it's actually a color picker. You can uh, pick a color now from any of your photos, and that's available for both iOS uh, and Android, I believe. So um, if I wanted to get the certain color of that sprinkle off that first image of the donut, I could use that color pick- picker to grab that uh, color. So how did colors work in the past? They just gave you a very basic color palette? Yeah, and you could you could select different ones, but this is really um, – yeah, this is really – gives you way more creativity. So you can have, you know, if you're trying to match an outfit or a background, uh, the designers out there are, you know, raising their hands in hallelujah because they're excited about this. That's very cool. Yeah, I'm seeing everybody saying, woohoo, woohoo. <laughs> All right, let's yeah. move on to the next uh, one, which is the shop. Unless, is there anything else you wanted to say about that before we I move on? I do want to say week? one thing because um, if you go to the next screen, Kim, where we could show the stats, the interesting thing about this is you are able to view the stats um, and there was, there was actually some uh, hubbub that Grace Duffy, our producer of the show, mentioned to me this morning that people were upset because they thought this was uh, anonymous. These things that are take these uh, polls that they were doing, they actually, I can tell all you people who were wrong and said that soft tacos were the best. And so I know <laughs> your names are. And, um, and people were kind of like, oh, I did not know. Now, you as the creator of that poll are the only ones who can see it. it. No one will know that unless you share that like I did with the screen share here. But that's what the stat screens looks like. I'm a little disappointed that we have a business account, which gives us more uh, analytics. It goes away after 24 hours. So you're not able to see this this data after 24 hours. I'm hoping this is something that Instagram will fix in the future. Well, I, the, some of the applications as we go to the next tab include the ability to maybe show a couple of cover designs for a book or to, to sure. get some feedback on which headshot do you like better, you know? And I, I think it's kind of a cool way to get a lot of really quick um, feedback uh, using your Instagram story. All right. So the next piece of news is that Instagram is now integrated with Shopify 
And this is not stories. This is Instagram posts, right? So talk to us. What, That's correct. What's the big deal about this? So they've been testing this sh- kind of shopping feature for since, since about uh, November of last year. So what now happens is um, sh- uh, Shopify, they have over 500,000 merchants. And they're saying this is rolling out. It will be eventually for everybody who has the Shopify Flypap. Shopify platform. And if you don't know what that is, it's an e-commerce site, which allows you to have your own store and create and sell products. Um, and what they're now doing is rolling out this feature to people who are actually selected by Instagram. You can sign up for it, but actually Instagram right now has to kind of choose you. Um, it's just an initial group. But what it does is it allow you when you tap on the image, you'll get this um this this thing that'll pop up that'll tell you about the product. So if you have multiple products from an outfit, it'll you'll tap on it and it will actually have a call to action on there that says um, tap to view products. So you'll tap it. And like if you have jeans, it'll have a tag by the jeans and it's one next to each item. And then if you type on, you tap on that item, it goes to another page where it's it's bigger and it says, um, you know, shop now. And it will take you to the actual Shopify mobile optimized website where you can add it to a cart and check out. Do you you know whether this is only an ad product or is this going to be on all posts? Because that would be huge if it was on organic posts. It looks like it's organic posts. So if you want to see what this if you want to see what this looks like, there's a couple of different places um, like um, X Carla and Gymshark. And the way you can tell that these are shoppable sort of products is if you scroll down in the main grid view, you'll see in the top right a little, it looks like a, sh- a white shopping tag. And that tells you that you're able to purchase f- straight from Instagram for those products. So if you want to test it out, those are the, the companies I go look at. In more news, Instagram has added a beam of light. Maybe you could describe for those that are watching, I mean, listening, what in the world this yeah. feature is. Yeah, so it's the technology is pretty cool. So you see a new face filter here on the screen. And what it is for you guys listening, it's it looks like a beam of light is falling on this girl's face. It's very nice and pretty. It's and, just you for know, stories, right? Yes, this is this is for stories. And so you can it's the technology is cool because you can move the beam of light around. And you can tap it once and it'll flip the other way. If you go to the next, I mean, so it, it, I think it's it's cool. I don't know how marketers will use it. I tried it and, you know, they're. Your mileage may vary. So um, let me ask you this. Does it darken darken the picture where there is no light and then and then lighten the picture where there is light? Or was that already a dark picture when you took it? I I think it's a little bit of both. So their thing is, is they want to, you know, even if you're in a dark room, you can have a a ray of light fall across your face. So (laughs) I think it does darken the photo a little bit, but I'm just not sure the marketing aspect. I got to say, this is the most random thing I've ever seen come out of Instagram, don't you think? Yeah, it's it's really strange. I mean, I, my kids will probably play with it for a little bit, and that'll be it. So, <laughs> and it does work. I just I'll do say this: it does work with Boomerang, Rewind, and all the other camera stuff that they have on Instagram. So, it's just another creative thing to add to your arsenal. Like okay, that. now this next one, I think people are going to be pretty excited about. I'll let you take the lead on this one, Jeff. Yeah. So you know, there's been they were kind of testing in Portugal. We reported last month. I think it was one of the things that we talked about uh, found in the wild. Um, that you were able to syndicate your Instagram stories to Facebook stories. Well, now it's rolling out to U.S. users. And Facebook, Facebook, according to TechCrunch, has confirmed this feature that it is rolling out. And everyone should have it now if, you know, it's coming your way. So the only exception, though, is it's, biz- it's not for businesses because they're not, not allowed on Facebook stories yet. So 
But you what can have a but to- you can have a business Instagram account and go to your personal profile, right? I have not tested that, so I don't know. I would assume because a lot of us have upgraded man. our our Instagram account to business accounts. I would imagine right. that would still work. I'm hopeful. Yeah, <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see if it works. So the th- the thing is, you can't go the other way. So you can't go Facebook stories to Instagram stories. It only works from Instagram stories to Facebook. So um, it really kind of shows that Facebook is doubling down on stories. You know, right. they still haven't reached, you know, released the numbers, I don't think, on how many people are using the uh, Facebook stories. Um, but they are saying that, you know, um, the Messenger Day is has like seven, 70 million users. And so right. I'm hoping someday they'll have all of it go to one place so we can only update one one time, but even this small step is, I think, in the right direction. Well, if anybody here live has actually successfully gone from an Instagram business story account to their personal profile, let us know because that would be fascinating for us to know whether or not it can be done or not. I would imagine it probably could because so many people on Instagram are upgrading to stories because, I mean, upgrading to the business thing so they can get access to the analytics, right, Jeff? Yeah. Yeah. And so on this screen that we're showing, I actually, it's really strange when I go into my story settings, uh, Instagram story settings, I don't have this option yet where it gives you a choice where you can select if you want it to go to your Facebook story or not. But I do have in the settings, the ability to turn on and flip the switch. So every um, Instagram story I do does go to Facebook stories. So I don't know if I've got partial rollout yet or what, but I know that I can do that now. So I think it's going to be easier. And, and there have been some reports and TechCrunch uh, mentioned it in this article that it's kind of an opportunity right now because they are actually seeing a lot more people start to use Facebook stories. So um, being able to cross post like this, I think it's going to be a, a boom for marketers. Okay. We just got confirmation from one of our live attendees, Lowell Brown, that says he has it on his business account, not on his Instagram account. Not on his personal mm. Instagram account. So on his business Instagram account, indeed, he is able to cross promote to his personal Facebook profile. That's pretty cool. Now, wh- what do you think about this, Jeff? I mean, what's your thoughts on this at a functional level? I mean, if you have a huge personal following on Facebook, I would imagine this could be beneficial, right? Oh, yeah. I think people um, who have a large following, this, this is a no-brainer for them to turn this on. And I would have it just go automatically uh, so you wouldn't have to select it So because I, I would forget if I didn't do that. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's a great way to, you know, maybe drive some, some more people. Um, I just, you know, for us, it'll be great not having to download it and upload it somewhere else because it's kind of a pain, um, especially if you're like at an event or something thinking about, okay, now I've got to stop, download it, and now upload it to Instagram store, uh, Instagram. Uh, you know, story, uh, Facebook stories. And so doing it all in one place is just going to be a lot simpler, a lot easier. I wonder what's exciting is that Instagram stories comes out with the features before the Facebook stories does. So I wonder if this polls thing is going to work on Facebook. That would be fascinating to test, wouldn't it? You do an Instagram cool. poll and then you publish it on both Facebook and on Instagram. Would that mean that that functionality would now come over to Facebook? That would be fascinating, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be something that'd be really, really cool. And the cool thing we got to remember too is like now you can see um, Facebook stories on desktop and that is eventually going to roll out as well. I still don't have it. The Instagram stories being able to be viewed on desktop. So this cross uh, pollination of things I think is, is, is what Facebook is eventually going to do. Awesome. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us for this segment. Why don't you tell everyone where they can discover more about you and all the great things you've got going on? 
Yeah, I'm everywhere at Jeff C, and that's uh, I before E, especially in C. And you can find me at manlypinterstips.com. We're always adding testosterone one pin at a time. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, sir. All right, we're going to go ahead and bring on our next guest, Mr. Steve Dotto. And while we're doing that, I just want to remind you guys that today is the last day as of this recording to get the absolute best deal on your ticket to social media marketing world as a virtual attendee. And and the benefit, by the way, is that if you cannot attend social media marketing world and you really want to go, but it's just too expensive because you just don't have, you know, the money to attend, you kind of get the best of all worlds because you're able to get all the recordings at the absolute best possible price. So we're super stoked about this sale. It does officially end today. And uh, check it out if you want to check it out. Um, all right. Well, first of all, we are we are super stoked to be able to have join us today, Mr. Steve Dotto. How are you doing today, Steve? I'm good. How are you guys? Hi. Outstanding. Hey, Kimberly. So, uh, folks, if you don't know who Steve is, he's one of the leading experts in the world on YouTube and YouTube marketing. He's a regular speaker at Social Media Marketing World. He is a Canadian. He's also an actor and he does amazing, amazing stuff. So, Steve, um, what's the latest news here to help us understand what it is? Uh, Everybody's getting a little bit. uh, There's a lot of a little kerfuffle in the in the in the youtube universe as youtube has made a, a slight change in things and and essentially what's happened is youtube is insisting on knowing a little bit more about people who are publishing content on youtube i think youtube is facing the same levels of criticism as all of the social networks are uh where they're um uh you know people are asking them to take a little bit more control over uh the the the, the validity of the content that's being posted uh, and uh, now this is this might be just happenstance that these changes are coming as this as this social storm is is brewing around us. Uh, but I don't think it's just happenstance. I think it's they're they're kind of trying to get a little bit ahead of the story. So it's, essentially, what's happened is they have simply created a new level of authorization that YouTube content creators have to pass in order to embed links at the end of their videos to allow people to click directly from a YouTube link to go to an external site. Uh, now, it used to be quite easy to do that, and it's still very easy, but now they've asked that each person that does that becomes a YouTube partner, becomes one of their partners, which means that effectively that we can run AdSense ads, we can run those irritating ads before or those pop-up ads during the video. Now, you don't have to do that if you don't choose to, but they want you to join the program so that they can uh, basically check a little bit more about you, see that your website's, you know, they, they're um, looking to make sure that your website is, uh, you know, meeting their guidelines and standards. And so they're just clawing back a little bit of control. Now, where this became becomes an issue is people uh, like me who make a substantial part of our income through crowdfunding. I use Patreon to crowdfund. Uh, and a lot of people use YouTube as a discovery engine to get people into their Patreon community. Uh, they are sensitive because people who rely on that for income rather than ads for income are also being asked to join the ads program, even if you don't want to advertise. So that's the kerfuffle that it is. And as people being a little bit overly sensitive, I think YouTube is getting ahead of the program. To be honest, I can't imagine very many people that it really affects uh, where it's going to have a real detrimental effect. Uh, but it's just, a, you know, they're kind of like, oh, big brother YouTube is now looking for more uh, control over us. So let's, let's, for those that are not part of the YouTube partner program, how do you join? 
Uh, you, it, once you've, uh, you have to have, I think, a thousand subscribers now uh, on your YouTube channel and a certain number of views on your videos uh, to prove that your kind of a, your bona fides have been established. And then it's just within your YouTube control panel, within your YouTube creator panel. Uh, there's just one of the things that you can do is join the partner program. And then they ask you what sites you want to authorize, your home site. They check that and then they give you permission to authorize certain sites. I mean, it's interesting because they will let you do uh, links back to your own home site, uh, your business site. They'll let you go to certain partner sites like Patreon, but they won't let you go to other sites like shop. Some shopping sites you can go to, some you can't. For example, Amazon, you can't link back to. So well, you probably can't still- use you can't use Bitly links or any of that kind of stuff either, right? Uh, I'm actually not a hundred percent positive about the the, the, the link cloaking rules as far as it goes i don't think so but it's it's kind of a moot point because um it's uh, it's usually a graphic link anyways it's not usually a text link now do they they also you also have to provide access to your financial accounts don't you when you join the partner program don't you have to like link to a bank or a credit card or something you have to link yeah you have to link to paypal for the most part, which is the way that most people do the PayPal account. So that there's some place for financial trans- transactions to occur. So you're not really giving them your financials, but you are connecting them into your system. Yeah. So it's all about transparency and making sure that there's legitimate businesses. They don't want people, you know, they, they want, uh, they want to be able to take, uh, to take any uh, kind of nasty actors out of the system. People that are scamming people that are being, you know, disrep- disreputable actors. They're trying to remove them from the system. Here's what Engadget said. Uh, according to YouTube, it decided to change to prevent opportunists from ripping off other people's video and other copyrighted content and posting it as their own and earning money from it. Could you comment on maybe what people have done with that and how this could stop them? Well, that that is a uh, for a, for some YouTube content creators that comes down to the the uh, uh, managing your rights and 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 uh, content strikes. The, uh, the copyright within the YouTube environment is something that most um, content creators are very sensitive to from two perspectives. The first perspective is you don't want your stuff being taken and then published and other people benefiting from it, which is exactly what they're talking about. But there's also a massive fear amongst YouTube content creators. Uh, and this is kind of the, the the reality of this this sort of a situation, where if you get charged with having stolen somebody else's content, the onus is on you to prove that you have the rights to use that content. So, so you're guilty very, until proven innocent, basically, right? For the most part. Yeah, for the most part. So, and, and those content strikes can come from left field. You know, it can be, you can be doing something wild, shooting something wild out in, uh, by wild, I mean, out in, it, just shooting, say, at your event, right. I'm recorded video. And if there's music playing in the background that's copyright and it's in the video, I could be like completely blindsided by the fact that I was contravening copyright. So you have to be pretty careful as far as that goes. And most YouTube content creators, are on tender hooks when it comes to that because we just we we it's not it's a, it's an ugly process going through it all. Uh, you don't want strikes against you. You don't want it. You don't. You'd rather just kind of fly under the radar. You know, for the most part, you don't really want to be noticed. So so we're always a little bit sensitive to that sort of stuff. So this additional um, this additional validation, I think, causes some people to pause. But it's it, it's pretty much a tempest in a pot of tea for the most part. And so, most content creators that I know of have joined the partner program because there's a lot of benefits to it. Well, if you are not a content creator, but you are a marketer and you've got some old videos out there that are linking to third party sites, then you're probably going to need to go back and and get this fixed, right? 
There's a chance. Yeah, well, you'd have to you'll have to authorize. And if you're using see, it's a it's an issue if you're using YouTube as a discovery engine, if you're using it for to, to, to benefit from YouTube search, if it's an embedded video or that you've got on a sister site that you're having trouble linking back to your home site. And then at that point there, you could always say, well, you know what? We'll just upload this video to Vimeo or to another place where we don't necessarily have those, where we don't necessarily have those constraints if it's an issue or if you can't get the authorization. It's a big deal if you're using YouTube search, which of course is in my mind, the most powerful aspect of YouTube. If you're using YouTube as a search engine, then it becomes an issue. Okay. In other news, um, YouTube TV, which yes. is which is their um, their skinny bundle where you can pay like thirty five dollars a month and get fifty channels. Yeah. They are the official sponsor of the World Series, and yeah. that includes them doing a lot of really amazing things. Um, curious what your thoughts are on this. Are you familiar with this it's news? Just, I've, we've, you know, I, I certainly followed it from that. From and it's kind of funny because when we hear YouTube is the sponsor of the World Series. We think immediately a broadcast partner where they're, you know, they're a distribution platform where you can watch the World Series. And that's sort of the case, but it's really not what this story is about. This story is about YouTube. I think for the first time in our experience, you might remember more better than me, Mike, but can you remember YouTube spending money to promote itself? I guess there's been a couple of Only times in the presidential elections, but that was because they were broadcasting the debates. So yes, that was the only other time. And, and again, it was a carrier thing. I think way back, I'm thinking about eight or ten years ago, that there was some promotions that YouTube used to say about you know broadcast yourself, and they would have right. they had some TV commercials and stuff running. But this is them stepping out into the mainstream media and advertising. So they're going to be a presenting sponsor. So during the broadcasts. It, regardless of where you're watching, if you're watching on, on normal t broadcast television or not, they're going to say it's brought to you by YouTube. They're going to say YouTube is a presenting sponsor. So it's a sponsorship deal as opposed to a carrier and transport deal where they're going to be transporting. Although they will, with those channels, they do have the ability to carry the, uh, to carry those different feeds, but that's really not what this is about. This is about them actually being a sponsor like Bjork or somebody else where they are now going head to head and using mainstream media to promote. They're yeah, usually this is like a beer company or something that does this. Yeah. And it's not yeah, just it's YouTube. Sort of it's actually YouTube TV. And I think that's an important distinction. So they're actually using traditional television channels to get the, 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 the World Series broadcast, but they're going to be advertising YouTube television, okay, which is an alternative that's designed to actually get people to cut the cord from their satellite and their cable and for 35 bucks a month, watch TV on YouTube. So this is actually a pretty smart play, don't you think? <laughs> you have to think that the ad executive that brought the deal kind of is going, am I writing my own death warrant here? <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, why don't you tell everybody where they can follow you on YouTube and find out more about you? They can follow me. Just look for Dotto Tech Anywhere on all of the platforms. And I bought my ticket today, my airline ticket for Social Media Marketing World. So looking forward to seeing you in a few months. Yay. All right, folks. Well, thank you so much, Steve. We'll see you next time. Everybody, Steve is the guy. You definitely want to check him out. All right. We're going to go ahead and pull up our screen sharing here and talk about some really exciting news from Google. Uh, this is pretty fascinating because now Google is becoming kind of like Apple and Amazon, where they're having these major announcements. And this week, they have announced an enormous amount of technology, and we're going to spend a few minutes going through it. First of all, what we're looking at here on the screen is a donut-sized device called the Google Home Mini. And the idea behind the Google Home Mini is it's a $49 uh, 
smart speaker that basically you can hold in the palm of your hand and it's powered by Google Assistant. Now, the concept here is like it's only 49 bucks. So, with this little tiny device, you get essentially an alternative to the Amazon Echo Dot. And uh, what's really cool about this is that, you know, Google has something called the, the, the Google Assistant. And I'm personally not – are you a smart speaker owner, Kim? No, I'm not. You know, just so you not guys understand, there's like, there's like three major players in the race right now. You've got Amazon as the, the front horse. You've got Google as the secondary one. And then you've got Apple um, trying to run behind everyone. So for $49, you can now get this in your home or get multiple ones of these things inside of your home. One of the fears that I have about smart speakers is who do you want listening to you? Right. Yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. In the case of Amazon, they want to sell you products. And in the case of Google, they want to sell your information. Right. And in the case okay. of Apple, I don't think they want to sell you anything. I think they just want to sell you the tech. So I'm a little leery about getting involved in these kind of things, but I know that some of the benefits are pretty amazing. And I'm sure eventually these things will be integrated into homes in the future where you won't even see them. They'll kind of be built into light switches. Who knows? But the next thing is something called the Google Home Max. It looks like a rather large speaker. My guess is that's probably yeah. about a foot tall and about eight inches wide. Won't you say, Kim? And I assume, yeah. This is about this is a three hundred and ninety nine dollar product, and basically it is meant to be a high quality acoustic speaker that you would stick inside of your your home, and it is meant to be like something where you're playing music through it. And the idea here is that this high end smart speaker is going to compete with something coming out from Apple called the HomePod, which is about to be released very, very soon. So the Google Max is $399. It's the top of the line smart speaker from Google. Now, the third piece of news here is that they've included this new broadcast feature. And what this means is if you happen to have a Google Home or Google Home Mini or Google Home Max, they now have this ability to basically turn it into a public address system where you could just say, kids, it's time to go to school. <laughs> I know that in my house, my wife would love this, you know, and uh, it would turn into a speaker and you could broadcast to every one of these little guys all over your house. So there you have it. That's the first bit of news from Google. All right. The, we have oh, a, we have more news. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, as we say something I did learn that was really interesting that we know that right now, Alexa and Amazon kind of is the front runner in these speakers. But I did hear something really interesting about the Google products. And that is that with Amazon Alexa, if you're listening to music, you have to basically tell if you leave the room and go to a new room with an Alexa with one of those speakers, you have to tell the, her to turn the music on in the room. But with Google's, the music will basically carry over from room to room to room. You don't have, it'll... It has a motion sensor up. on it, basically? Yeah. And it syncs up from room to room, which is very cool. So you can continuously uh, listen to your music as you go throughout your home. That's pretty cool. Which I thought was pretty neat. Okay. The next part of the news here, which is kind of exciting, is this brand new thing called the Google Clips camera. You guys are going to love this thing. This little tiny camera is essentially an alternative to the GoPro, okay? And basically, it's a small, little, artificial intelligence-driven camera that has facial recognition for people and pets. So, literally, 
you could att- you could attach these all over your house, and if a dog runs up to it, it'll know it's a dog. It'll it'll zoom in on the face of the dog or the face of the person, and you c- these this is only two hundred and forty nine dollars for this thing, and. The Google funny thing is GoPro shares dropped five percent literally on the announcement of this thing. So for two hundred and forty nine dollars, you could probably think about all the places you could attach this. And if you're looking at the picture, you'll see it's a decent size lens. It looks like it's about a a quarter inch lens. This is not a small lens. So um, it'll be kind of exciting to see what this little camera could do. And just imagine having these little cameras all over the place and doing a camera shot. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? I mean, yeah, definitely. You know, you could just put them all over the place, get all the different angles, and then and then capture the audio with an audio device, and then all of a sudden you've got like a five camera shoot for like really really cheap. Now I don't know anything about how high the quality is of this video, but as you can see, there's just a little tiny button on it, and it's really really cool. It's called Google Clips Camera. Now I don't know if the clips means it only turns on when there's movement. This is this is all brand new stuff for us. But what do you think about this, Kim? Well, does it take does it take clips, video clips, or just still shots? I think it's video. I couldn't imagine it. Why would the GoPro stock drop if it was just yeah. still shots? It's got to be video. I, I initially thought it was just still shots, but now you, you're saying clips and, and GoPro. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, no, yeah. No, I'm sorry. You can capture up to three hours of video. Yep. Wow. Up to three, wow. Hour, up to three hours of video on this little thing. So it totally is a what GoPro is competitor. We need to get these for social media marketing role and put, put them strategically all over the place. How awesome would that be? Well, just imagine security systems too, right? If they're mm-hmm. motion, if they're yeah. motion censored things, you know, I could see this totally as a security. You guys that are not watching this, the chat room is going wild over this thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's really, I'm not watching chat. It's, it's really, really <laughs> cool. All right. You can actually watch the recordings. We're looking at a baby crawling up to the actual camera and it looks like it's activating as the baby is crawling up to the camera. So you could also potentially put this in your house when you have babysitters or or in the baby's room. And it looks like you can watch these clips on your mobile device, which is really, really cool. Oh, neat. So you guys can see how cool this is. Yeah. So the Google Clips looks like it has lots of potential opportunity. All right. The next thing is um, artificial reality stick- stickers. Now, yeah. here's the deal. This is only for Pixel phones, okay? So this is smart because Google is taking their premium product, their Pixel phones, and they're including technology that you can only get with the Pixel phones. Now, these artificial reality stickers are pretty phenomenal. What we're looking at here is uh, we are looking at uh, Stranger Things the Stranger Things sticker. Now, for those of you that are fans of Netflix, Stranger Things is a very popular uh, Netflix original series. And what we're looking at here is an entirely augmented reality system here. The wallpaper, the lights, the words on the back, all the characters are actually completely augmented reality. And this is really, really cool. And then you see a guy standing there, but everything around him is fake. And, and, and augmented reality. So anybody who's watched Stranger Things, it's, it's really, really cool how this is not just a character, you know, but this is actually everything that's in the scene is augmented reality. I would imagine if you moved his camera around, you would see that all these things are actually just augmented reality. So this is really cool. It's called AR stickers. 
and it's coming exclusively to Pixel devices. So now we're starting to like, wow, maybe I ought to consider getting a Pixel device, right? But you're going to see the same kind of stuff coming to to the Amazon. I mean, I'm sorry, to the Apple uh, iPhone X as well. So the race is on, folks, with this augmented reality. All right, the next thing, which is even more amazing, you guys are going to be blown away by this, Pixel Buds, okay? But basically, Pixel Buds is the uh, is Google's answer to to these little things, which I happen to have, which is the the AirPods, okay? And the the Pixel uh, Buds are $159 wireless earbuds that allow you to work with Google Assistant. But here's the killer feature: real time translation in 40 languages, people. So literally. You could have these things in your ear and you could be traveling around the world and it does real time language translation in 40 different languages. It has about a one second delay in the translation. Now, I don't know how the translation works. My guess is it works mostly on the receiving side of this. So, like when you're listening to someone and you don't know what they're saying, it will translate it in your ear so you can understand what you're saying. I don't know how you're going to be able to communicate back because these are just headsets. But this is really, really cool. These are called Pixel Buds. A lot of people here are commenting saying, wow, this could be huge for international travel. I think this could be absolutely huge. I don't know how you would I know how it works. Yeah, go ahead. Talk about it. So what how it works is you have the buds in your ears and you hand someone your phone, your pixel enable your pixel phone and they speak into your phone and you hear their response. There's about a one second delay. You hear your response in the in the headphones and then you speak your response and they hear it through your phone wow. in their language. Wow. Yeah. So it's like it's two way communication using crazy? the pixel device. Yeah. Okay. So people are asking this, this product is available in November. The, the Pixel Buds is available in November. Um, the Google Clips camera, I think is available now. That's the part I'm not for sure about. The Google Max is coming out, um, in December and the Google Home Mini is coming on October 19th. So just Google <laughs> literally any of these phrases to find out about this stuff. But I can assure you these are going to be the hot holiday gifts for uh, Hanukkah and Christmas and, and all the other holidays that you guys celebrate. So we wanted to bring all that news to you guys because it's pretty exciting stuff. What do you think about all that, Kim? I'm blown away and it it has made me think, do I need a pixel camera now? Is this something that maybe I need? That's the one that that, that pixel camera is the one I'm most excited about, you know, because I'm sure that'll work with any device, you know, I'm I'm hopeful at least. All right, Kim, over to you. Okay. So we have got some pretty exciting stuff here from LinkedIn. This is LinkedIn is testing a new overlay option that allows event and conference attendees to add location based filters to the videos that they create within the LinkedIn app. So these filters are really, they're really cool. They're styled to look like conference badges. And when you, so when you take your video, it automatically overlays this conference badge. And as you see here from the second picture, if you're a speaker, it puts this speaker little symbol or word right here next to your picture. And when you upload your video, it automatically has this overlay. So it's really, I mean, it's, it's pretty neat. It's, um, you know, like Snapchat geo filters. 
Yeah, or and, or even Facebook uh, has this now too, right? Where you can put right, you can right. put filters yeah, in your events. Yeah, that's, We're I've stoked seen, about this. We're going to try to see whether or not. You know, Kim, I want you to try to see if we can figure out how we can get this for social media marketing world because yeah. I, I, yeah, think this would be, I think this would be really, really cool. Yeah. So right now it's um it's had a very limited rollout, but there's some rumor or talk that these might be like a self-serve option in the future. So I'm hoping so for social social media marketing world. That would be awesome. Eileen Smith said LinkedIn is getting cool again. I would agree. I mean, it's, it's I think the Microsoft acquisition is paying fruit. I'm really excited about this stuff. I agree. I agree. Uh, all right. The next news item, Facebook is testing publisher info buttons on articles. So um, it's an experimental button. And what we're looking at here on the screen is, you know how normally when you're looking at an article on Facebook, it has the big picture and then it has the headline. Well, now there's going to be a little circle with the letter I in the middle of it. If you clip on the, if you click on the letter I, it comes up with a little description of the publisher from their Wikipedia page and a button if you want to follow their page. Um, they will actually show you trending articles related to the topic. And one of the cooler things is they'll actually show you where in the world this topic is being shared. This could be particularly interesting for national news versus local news. And this is coming out of something called the Facebook Journalism Project, which we are part of as Social Media Examiner. Um, I don't know in the beginning whether it's only large publishers that are going to get this. We do not yet have this as far as I'm aware of. But I think it's kind of cool because it allows you to find out a little bit more about the publication before you actually click on it. And it will hopefully help increase the likelihood that you'll be able to vet a source that you may not be familiar with as a legitimate source. All right. Over to you, Kim. Okay. So, as we know, Apple recently debuted its facial ID security feature on the new iPhone X, and now Facebook has announced it's testing a way to regain access by using your face to verify your identity. So, if you lose access to your Facebook account, you could just look into the camera and regain access. Hmm. So, here you would Here's uh, what little bit we know about it. You would just stare into your camera. And it, one thing, it has to be on a device that you've previously logged into Facebook with. And then it, I guess, would just scan your face. And You'd have to give it camera camera access, of course, right? Because, you know, if, right. you, if you don't do that, and you then, have to activate that. Yeah. So that's, that's about all the news on that. You just... Uh, it would scan your face and let you back in. It's kind of interesting. I I would I would test it if I before I used it because I'd want to make sure it couldn't just have a picture of me open it, right? Because I'd be a little concerned right. that if someone stole my camera and it was and they had a picture of me that they could somehow use that face picture to actually, you know, get into the thing. Um I don't know how sophisticated it is. Like the Apple thing is literally making a 3D print of your face so it knows it's really you and not like a flat version of it but um, right and it also doesn't work on masks and all that kind of stuff it, it's fascinating that we're moving towards an age i mean this is the third major news item in the last few weeks kim remember we talked about how google was i think it was google in china or japan or something like that was testing facial ability to buy wasn't that google yes um or somebody you know what somebody was that they yeah had, they had like facial vending machines where you could just look at it right. to authenticate at kfc at kfc yeah but it was somehow powered by i think google or something like that and then yeah apple has it coming out on the iphone x and now facebook right. is beginning to use it so 
we're entering into a world where we'll just be able to simply imagine imagine a future where you have a cart full of groceries and you just simply walk out of the store because they recognize your face and they bill it to your account no more waiting in lines how cool would that be right <laughs> that would be that would be very cool that's kind of where we're heading with some of this kind of technology all right into the next news item we have snapchat has launched augmented reality art installations now this is kind of I don't know how to say this. It's it's nuts, really. Um, <laughs> if we go into screen show mo- mode here, Kim, and, and start scrolling through some of these pictures here, I'm going to kind of describe what this is. Now, we all know that Snapchat has been doing an amazing job with their augmented reality. We've been talking about it. They're on the front edge of some of the augmented reality stuff. They're essentially allowing artists to plant virtual reality, augmented reality art that's only available at a physical geolocation like a park. And you can go to that park and you can add that artwork to your snaps and you can do amazing things with it. This kind of reminds me a little bit of Pokemon Go. You know how you have to go to certain physical locations to do stuff? So now this is going to allow people to essentially create augmented reality stuff that you have to go somewhere to see. And I could see this being a really, really powerful thing for physical locations like national parks, museums, and all that kind of stuff where you just, you know, you just basically have these features which would encourage people to snap them while they're at those locations and they can move these things around. We're looking at uh, Jeff Kuhn's balloon art, basically, and you can just take these things and add them to your stories. What do you think about this, Kim? I, th- I I think it's really neat. And I like what you said about going to national parks or, or s- historical sites where, especially for teaching kids so they could be immersed in the environment. That would be really, really cool. And I think there's so many applications for this. And um, I'm not a huge fan of balloon art. So this didn't impress me as much as it, you know, it did. But what's people. cool about it is it's reflective. So this thing is, is yeah. literally taking the uh, actual things that are in the picture and reflecting it directly onto what looks like a metallic balloon. So it's, yeah. it's it's actually smart. It's like it knows that this object is reflective and it's taking what's in the picture and somehow adding it onto the That's object, true. which is That's true. definitely high tech. Yeah. Okay. Over to you, Kim. So Facebook has um, detailed several updates intended to strengthen its ad review process, policies, and enforcement. These updates came as a result of the Russian ad buying scandal, but they're really going to have a lot of implications for all of us marketers. And these changes include greater transparency for people and accountability for advertisers. They are one part of this is new tools that will allow you to see the other ads a page is running and this is kind of interesting because essentially what it's going to do is give us a Facebook ads playbook for all of our competitors. If you can imagine being able to go and see all of the ads that your competitors are running, that's really what's going to be happening. So I find that really fascinating. So you're not going to be able to hide this is what you're saying? So like every, so people could see like literally the whole slew of ads that were running on social media examiner for social media marketing world if they wanted to. 
that's what it sounds like they're saying that they're, you know, with this greater transparency that right now you can already see who's huh. running an ad. They're going to increase transparency and let you see all of the ads that someone is running. Well, that's, that, that's, that's fascinating what they said. because remember just last week we talked about how there's this new option where you can see all the ads that you've ever seen under the under the uh, previous ads thing. I think it was last right. week or two weeks ago. Right. Um, which, yeah. is, which is a big benefit. Um, um, there could be a good and bad to this. I know some of the marketers here are super excited and some are kind of not so excited. <laughs> I think the point is to keep you held accountable, right? So if you're doing things oh, yeah. that are kind of scammy, people are going to call you out on it because they're going to be able to see it. But at the same time, this is now a Petri dish, right? For those of us that are marketers that feel like others are doing it well, we can go in and see exactly how they're doing it, right? Like we have our conference and we want to see how other conferences are doing it. And it would be so cool to see like how Comic-Con, for example, which is a huge conference, like what they're doing with all of their advertising. And I think it could lead to a lot more perhaps innovation. I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great for research. It's going to be fantastic. So, is this officially out or is this coming or what's the deal? It's coming. It's not out yet, and but it's it's coming. And they're also going to do take a couple other little steps, like they're strengthening the automated and manual review process. They're hiring like a, a thousand people to help with the manual side of it. They're also they're also tightening restrictions on advertise, advertiser content. Um, they're making people prove their authenticity as far as their their business and uh, industry-wide standards, best practices, etc. So they're really just, I think that they are kind of embarrassed by what Russia did and they want to prove that they are not going to let something like that happen again on their platform. Very interesting. Very interesting. And some of the scammy marketers are going to be held to account. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because definitely. people will be able to easily locate those ads that they're, they're producing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. In other news, this is pretty fascinating. ZipRecruiter has um, partnered – Facebook has partnered with ZipRecruiter to bring a lot more job information into the jobs section in the navigation menu in Facebook. Uh, Facebook launched job ads on the platform earlier this year. And they also had this mentorship matching program that they launched in mid-September on the heels of LinkedIn also announcing something like this. So now they partner with ZipRecruiter. And let me explain what ZipRecruiter is. ZipRecruiter is a, a, an aggregator. Basically, they take all the top job boards and they take LinkedIn, Google, and Twitter information and they aggregate it into this huge database that allows people to either find talent or, yeah, I mean, mostly find talent. It's meant for the, the people that are actually the employers looking for talent. So, because they have such a monster aggregation system, they're kind of like Fandango, you know, is for movies or uh, some of these sites are for travel, you know, that take all the different things and bring them mm-hmm. together. Um, yeah. They're like that for jobs. And now what this is going to allow is pretty much any kind of job um, could be found through Facebook uh, because of this partnership. Now, I don't know exactly whether this is better for the employers or the people that want to be employed, but it is kind of fascinating. I think I think it's probably going to be mutually beneficial for both parties, right? Because people right. will who live inside of Facebook will be able to find jobs inside of Facebook now without having to go out to all these, these different sites. So this is another way Facebook is trying to take a little bit away from LinkedIn. Over to you, Kim. Yeah. 
Okay, so Facebook has expanded Messenger Lite to more countries. And if you remember back in the beginning, Messenger Lite was mainly just sent out to developing countries and it was meant to be a lightweight option for countries that didn't have great internet. And now the the big news is that they are sending out messenger light packs and it's same messenger just is missing some of the heavier components like messenger day and the selfie lens that drains data. And, but what they're going after this time, instead of the, the underdeveloped markets, they're going after the, the teenagers in the developed markets, like, um, think of the countries that they're going to, uh, United States, UK, Canada. So they're going after all of these developed nations now. And what they're trying to do is grab them and get them into the Facebook ecosystem with the hopes of preventing them to go over to Snapchat and such. And if they can get them within the Facebook ecosystem, they can hopefully keep them there and keep them using Messenger instead of default, you know, defaulting back to SMS or iMessage or even strain to Snapchat. So this is an interesting strategy from Facebook. Still no plans for an iOS version. This is Android only. LinkedIn um, has something brand new that they've announced that's not coming until 2018 in the summer. But what it's called is it's called um, Talent so- Insights Solution. And basically, it's a self-service tool that allows recruiters to get direct access to data and talent pools and companies. So I don't exactly know all of this, but my guess is that it's going to allow a recruiter, for example, to look at all the engineers who work for Facebook, for example, and find the best engineers uh, in a way that they have not been able to do before. I'm sure it'll be a premium product. And I'm sure the reason they've announced it so early is because of all the other news that came out this week with the ZipRecruiter news uh, coming to Facebook. All right. This last news item is kind of fascinating. Snapchat is got a really interesting advertising program that they're essentially giving 50% discounts to certain kinds of companies. They're calling it um, Snap Accelerate. And it's really smart what they're doing here. Basically, it's a brand new initiative that's designed to help venture capital-backed startups, code word, people that have money, (laughs) but they're startups, help them kickstart their and scale their advertising efforts on Snapchat. So the deal here is, according to Adweek, uh, startups at all stages of their development, all stages of their development, um, can be part of the initiative, but it's best suited for growth stage mobile startups. And the idea here is they've got three different levels and they will give you a 50% discount, meaning like if you're willing to spend a hundred thousand dollars in ad, you know, they'll give you a hundred thousand dollars in ad spend for $50,000. That's like their, their higher end one. And I think they've got some at the lower end, but the idea is they're giving you half off on their advertising. If you are a, you're venture backed. Second, you're a mobile-based startup if you meet the program. Now, this is brilliant for Snapchat for a couple of reasons. Because if they can help these growth-based mobile startup companies grow by giving them a 50% discount on their ads for a period of time, what's going to happen, Kim? They're going to come back for more, right? Yep. And they're going to have plenty of money to come back for more. So this is kind of like 
Apple putting free computers in schools back in the day. And that's why so many of us are Apple fans now, because we grew up with Apple computers in the school. So they're literally giving these guys deep discounts with the hope that they can help them scale and accelerate the growth of their company. And obviously, if that happens, the long-term benefit to Snapchat is going to be huge, right? Because if we're able to double, triple, quadruple the size of our company by getting into this program, you can bet we're going to continue to invest in this program, right? That's why they have to be venture-backed. Um, so it's a really, really smart program coming from Snapchat. And uh, it's really fascinating. I don't think it's going to be powerful for everyone. But uh, I think for the right kind of company, this is a heck of a bargain. All right. Well, that is the end of this week's show. A couple quick news items. Uh, first of all, special thanks to Eric Fisher, who's in the control room today. Jeff C. Handling Simulcast. Grace Duffy, is, who is our show producer. I want to remind you guys, today is the last day to get a steep, the best deal ever on your virtual ticket to social media marketing world. If you cannot attend this event and you want to get the best content from the brightest minds in the world, hundreds of speakers, you can get it for a smoking deal. So cheap, I can't even say what it is out loud, but it is the absolute best deal we will ever, ever have. Visit smmw18.com, smmw18.com. And with that, I just want to thank you guys for joining us this week. We're going to end the show a couple of minutes early. Um, and we, I just want to remind you, if you are new to this show, uh, first of all, you can subscribe to watch the live show by visiting socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show, or you can catch the podcast. You can search for the social media marketing talk show anywhere that podcasts are produced. You have to put the whole word in there because if you put social media marketing in there, you'll find my other podcast. But if you put social media marketing talk or social media marketing talk, talk show, you will find this show. There are literally thousands upon thousands of people that listen to this in audio format every week. So you can find that. Again, it's called the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. With that, we're going to say goodbye to everyone on Facebook. Goodbye to everyone on YouTube. Goodbye to everyone on Periscope. Thank you guys for joining us this week. Special thanks to our guests again, uh, Steve Dotto and Jeff C. And uh, we will catch you guys next week. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.